I had an internship and I was trying to blog and I was trying to do a European space agency, like online course. And, but I was like, I want to make this conference happen. So it kind of, I started really planning it out over summer and then advertised for people in August of 2020. And we got kind of got the team together September, October, 2020, and somehow managed to pull off a conference in six months. This is episode seven with Christina McLeod. Christina serves as the business development and marketing officer at SpaceForge, an in-space manufacturing company creating the world's first returnable and reusable satellite platform. She founded Scotland's first Woman in Space conference and her blog, Miss Astronautica, where she speaks about space and lifestyle topics. Christina is a mechanical engineering graduate from the University of Edinburgh. Our recording starts now. Hey, brilliant. So I have already given your official spiel. I've spoken about um, your conference and I've spoken briefly about um, your blog, but can you please tell me um, a short introduction about yourself that's quirky and colorful? Um, and you know, if you had to describe yourself in a catchy sentence, what would it be? Oh my gosh. First of all, can I just say I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for hosting me. I like love all the work that you do and all your pre previous Wellness Wednesdays have been brilliant. I still have to catch up on some, but um, yeah, of course. Um, so intro about me. So hello, everyone. I think Ricky's kind of giving you the official intro, but I am Christina. I'm a final year student at the University of Edinburgh. Um, of course, I think Ricky told you probably about founder and chair of Women in Space. I love the space community. Um, I'm also part of UK Sets. Um, I blog at Miss Astronautica, which I believe Ricky mentioned. I'm part of the Scottish Space Leadership Council's New Voices Group, recently joined, which is quite exciting. But um, I would describe myself as a, so I'm a proud Canadian, but also part-time Scot and Italian. So you'll hear my accent kind of change. People get confused by that. But I love languages, being outdoors, and just combining all my passions kind of into one area. And of course, I love people. I love chatting with the, lots of people. So yeah, that's kind of me. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, okay, so I kind of wanted to pivot into your STEM interest and why you chose the specific STEM path you did um, and how that kind of ties into you wanting to make a difference. Yeah, so I have kind of like a weird STEM interest, I'd say. Like, I, growing up, I didn't really think like, oh, I'm going to be an engineer, you know, like, I really want to go into STEM. I was actually really interested in languages, like I loved connecting with people and stuff. And then when I kind of got into high school, I was like, oh, interesting, like physics is really, like, quite interesting to me, like I wasn't the best at it, I was pretty good, and I worked hard. But once I kind of got to university stage, I was like, where's somewhere where I can make the most impacts? Like, where's somewhere where I can learn more about the world around me and how to make a difference? And so I thought that mechanical engineering would be a great fit for me. Um, just because, you know, it's a combination of lots of different fields, you do a bit of aerospace, a bit of chemical engineering, a bit of electrical engineering. And so really, it, it just comes down to I wanted to learn more about how the world works, and also just how to make a difference more in the world. And I think you had another question there. And I can't remember what else you were asking. But yeah, um, in terms of kind of putting it all together in making a specific difference, um, do you have something in mind? Okay, so yeah, the crazy thing about it all is I used to like, Actually, I don't really think I do at this point. And I think that's okay. I think a lot of the times 
like it's so great like I'm so like I think you of course have are so passionate about systems and safety and I think that's really great and I know tons of other people who are really interested in specifically like structures or stuff like that but for me I just kind of float around and see kind of where I fit in and like I, I just want to do everything and I really should narrow it down a little bit but I'm really interested in like human exploration kind of getting humans out into space um, so just like kind of stuff that blends with like biology, like kind of a little bit of like medicine as well. So kind of varied interests. But yeah, I kind of like I kind of hop around a lot and I'm just keen to see where this crazy adventure takes me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think like anyone has to have, have one specific thing. Um, and it's so interesting because like someone can or someone can say, well, no, I don't. And this is like everything that I care about. And I just wanted to like hold space for that. So this was a perfect response. Um, and so I guess to follow up with that, how has your specific school research, um, blogging, um, conference founding um, package helped you to manifest that? How have you used um, all of these things to explore the various things that you want to do and um, hold space for yourself to be multi-passionate, multidisciplinary, and um, hold space for yourself to not have to choose one thing? That is a brilliant question because, you know, like when I entered university, I want to say like I was so lost. Like I was like I had two concussions in my last year of high school and I entered university being like so scattered, confused and feeling so behind. And so um, I think having getting involved in like external activities was really beneficial for me because it really showed me okay like this is what's out there but also kind of made me realize the importance of education and stuff um so I really I think in terms of what I learned at university I think it's really given me like the tools like I can go into situations analyze things especially with engineering like we have to analyze so many things like write up reports and do all these things um like work in huge teams and try to actually get like a really difficult technical project done. So I think it's given me like a really good kind of like can do it attitude, like how to do all those things. But I think really like my voluntary experience has offered me a lot. Like I've learned really how to work with teams. My leadership skills have really developed and especially with the space conference, just like having to speak to so many different people and coordinate so many different people across different time zones. Um, yeah, I think it's just, all of that has like it's gotten me like kind of a foothold into the space sector as well um so yeah I think it's just like I think it's good to kind of follow your interests and just if something cool pops up then just be like cool like as long as I feel like I can handle it I'm gonna go do that and participate in that and yeah I think <laughs> hopefully that um, the question. no absolutely um and so I think you had shared, um, and this was like a footnote that I put in, that there was a point when you left university for a while, and then you had to come back. Um, and that's when you were kind of really inspired by the space sector, and you um, found more communities online of women involved in this leading to your blog and wanting to um, better find that community. So can you speak to kind of the circumstances that led you to dropping out for that bit and then what helped you come back yeah certainly I think it's such an important topic to talk about as well so thank you for bringing this up um because yeah as I said before I entered university I had a really rough time in my first year kind of getting adjusted to everything 
I'm not gonna lie, I failed a lot of things. And at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, every like my friends are all super smart. You guys, I was so jealous of you, and still I'm always like kind of jealous of your ability to like really do well. And yeah, I think um, just that combined with just a few family things, I was like, you know what? I really need to take a step back and just real like kind of realign myself, figure out what exactly I want to do. Is engineering really for me? and just see where that takes me. And I think I grew so much during that time. I ended up getting um, a job on this bar at my students union. And that was like really great fun because I got to speak to so many people, but it also kind of allowed me that time to explore things that interested me, such as like, I found out about the space sector in Scotland. And I was like, this is really, really cool. Like, I didn't know this existed. And so I think it's really important to just like do you like you're not on any kind of timeline or anything. And this is like a lesson I learned. You just like need to do what's best for yourself. And if that means taking some time away from university, or even like two years away from university, or even like taking an alternative career path, because um, trades are also a really good option, then, you know, you just got to do you and yeah and just seize every opportunity you can take like kind of during that opportunity during that period of transition for you and just learn as much as you can so um thank you so much for sharing that and for being um you know brave enough to to speak to it so how long specifically did you take off and what helped you make your mind um on coming back (sighs) okay um so i only took a year out um but Honestly, I was tempted to take a second year out because I was like, even, I don't know, like later on during my degree, because I was like, oh, I've got so many things going on. But um, the thing that specifically made me come back, uh, hmm, let me think. I think like, I have a very like, I hate giving up and stuff. And I think in some cases you need to be able to let go of things and be like, okay, I need to take a step away. But I was like, you know what? I started this degree. I got through two years of it, but, and I want to finish it off just because, you know, like, I only have two more years to go. And um, I think the thing that drew me back was I saw that my friend actually got this internship at this really cool space company. And that's, like, kind of where I learned about space in Scotland. And I was like, hey, that's awesome. And she's in engineering. And so that kind of got me reading a little bit about all these incredible women. And I also found these really cool, like, pages. I think at that, I think during that period, I might have found out about, like, you and like Brooke Owens fellowship and stuff and I was like this is really cool and there are a lot of engineers and like I really like how you share your story online you're like you know I've gone through struggles but you know I've managed to work work it out myself and like you know kind of lean on my community and follow my passions and stuff and I found that really inspiring so yeah I think it's really about like community figuring out what's best for you and um yeah I think that it was the community really drew me back in I think Okay, and can you speak a little bit to how soon after that um, you kind of conceptualized um, your Women in Space conference? Like when that happened, um, did UK SEDS happen first? Did any of your other um, space involvement um, activities outside of school happen first? Like how did you kind of conceptualize your conference? Great question. Yeah, I have like, (laughs) so I'm kind of a recent addition to the space sector, actually. Um, I so just for reference, I started university in 2016. And then I took my year out. um, 2018, I want to say to 2019. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. And um, 
I think I found out kind of about space in like spring 2019. I was like, this is really cool. And um, then I think I kind of was like, I can't really be a part of that though, until I went to this women in space event hosted by this great organization in Scotland called Equate Scotland. And there I met with fellow students as well as industry professionals who were working all across the space sector. And I was like, hey, this is going on in like kind of my home country, I guess. Um, and uh, that was October 2019. And then after that, I was like, I need to get in on this. Like, do we have a rocketry team in, at my university? Do, like, what's going on here? And so I found out about UK SEDS at that event and was like, I want to join them, but was a bit shy. I'm, I'm naturally very shy, which is, yeah. So like, even being here on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking to like people and stuff online. Um, but yeah, so I joined UK SEDS uh, in like, December 2019 same with the rocketry team and um funny story about the rocketry team sorry this is a little bit of a sidetrack but I thought it'd be kind of interesting to share is I like during that time I went to like I wanted to go to space networking events and so I kind of signed myself up to all these like random things and I just ended up speaking to all these like really awesome people and at one of these networking events, I met this guy who was trying to set up the rocketry team at my university. And um, I, we vaguely knew each other from our course. And I was like, oh, you're like rocketry team guy. And he was like, yeah. And so a few weeks later, he sent me a message being like, hey, I really want you to be a part of the rocketry team. I saw you going around networking with all these people with like no fear. And I was like, sure. So I became like sponsorship manager for that. And so this all kind of came together at the end of like 2019. And in terms of conference, I know that's what we're specifically here to talk about. So I'll segue into that. Um, so uh, I went to a women in tech conference in 2018 and it was brilliant. Like I was really inspired by that and the lady who set it up. And so I was like, I want to do a conference one day. That's such a crazy thing, but let's do it. And so um it really came to life I want to say early 2020 I kind of had that idea kicking around in my mind I was really really busy over summer because I had an internship and I was trying to blog and I was trying to do a European space agency like online course and but I was like I want to make this conference happen so it kind of I started really planning it out over summer and then advertised for people in August of 2020 and we got kind of got the team together September October 2020 and somehow managed to pull off a conference in six months so yeah wow okay that Lots I think info. goes brilliantly into um just the first topic of creativity so um what I was picking up from what you shared was that attending other events catered to um women in STEM but just in a different capacity inspired you to create one of your own and you didn't realize how quick almost you could manifest this. Like it maybe, you know, felt so much bigger than yourself. And um, you just realized when you kind of got the ball rolling that it could actually happen like very soon. Um, and so in terms of finding this idea and then driving home the vision for your team, um, could you speak to like how you described that vision to your team when you had to convince people to join you and as you were speaking to them how did you find the spirit to believe in yourself when you knew that you had a rocky path to university before that like how did you hold space for both of those things that had happened to you and how did you let um the more confident christina um shine 
all very very great questions um and yeah um i think so first off i want to start by when you start something new i think it's really important to have a vision and it's important for the team to also have that vision especially when you're bringing lots of new people together so i had a very strong vision just based on kind of the all those networking events i went to i realized it was really important to have like create a strong network so I actually realized I didn't say the aims of the conference. So the aims are to spark a pa like passion for the space sector, um, to promote women and gender minorities all across the space sector, to show that you don't have to be from a technical background to get involved in the space sector, and also to kind of showcase potential mentors or people like role models that young women and gender minorities could look up to. And so I... I think a lot of those came from that women in space networking event that I went to in October, 2019, where I saw these mentors. I like, I saw like really inspirational people. It kind of showed me um, what was out there and available and kind of sparked my own passion for space. And um, yeah, networking is key. And like, it's just been like such a, such an important thing in my own journey that I really wanted it to be at the heart of the conference and, I think especially in Scotland, like, there's so much going on, but people don't really know about it, especially like what women are doing in Scotland. And we actually did exp end up expanding past Scotland's borders, which is really awesome. But um, yeah, I think... How did you kind of, um, like, after you conceptualized that, how did mm -hmm. you share that with your teammates? And was there ever a conflict in... I want them to believe in me and I want them to join my team, but mm -hmm. I don't believe in myself. Was that ever an issue? Mm, I think I was, so we received quite a few applications. Actually, I was really surprised. It was mainly done through social media and me just emailing lots of universities saying, hi, this is what I'm doing. Send this to your students. And a lot of the, like, I was really touched by all the responses. People were so connected to it, especially in Scotland where the space sector is really small. And so I think it was actually like, quite easy to get people onto onto the vision I think um yeah that was I actually had no problem with that and I spoke to each person before getting them on the team and wanted to see what their vision was um I think maybe one of the things that was kind of challenging was like people like some of my team members really wanted to see it go like really big they were like why don't we make a, hu a huge event and like all this stuff like a week-long thing and I was like no 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 we need to start small build something really good and then in the future like I didn't I said it in a much nicer way of course because I think it's a brilliant idea but I'm like think thought we needed to start kind of smaller start in Scotland and kind of build up from there um so yeah I think everyone's visions kind of worked well together and I was really able to bring everyone together and I think that's really thanks to the quality of the team members. We had some really, really amazing, dedicated team members who I see some of you joined in now. So thank you guys. This wouldn't have been possible without you. Um, yeah, I think everyone's different voice was so valuable to the team. Um, okay, brilliant. And so I was curious about how, when you were reaching out to um, these universities, how were you balancing your time between being a student, ensuring that you weren't going to fail again, and um, also reaching out and like having these conversations and just doing so many extra things when um, you started off with just like a team of one person, which is you. Yeah, yeah, that was like a lot. I think I'm really lucky that I started kind of recruiting for people. Well, I kind of did a lot of the legwork just before university started, but at the same time I was going to work all day and then I was doing a night course because time zones didn't work out for the European Space Agency. And so, yeah, uh, I think 
Um, sometimes I didn't handle it well, but I think it's really important to schedule your time. I was really time blocking, I remember at the time. And like, I, I find it really valuable where you literally say, okay, I'm going to spend this time doing this and this amount of time doing this. And I always multiply the time that I think it's going to take by like 1.5 because you always need a little bit of extra kind of room in case stuff goes wrong or, you know, stuff takes longer than you think. And so, yeah, I think it's really just about thinking about what's important to you and I did kind of let go of like a few things at that point like based on what was important to me at the time and also just like take care of yourself and like wellness Wednesdays you know we want to take care of ourselves we want to make sure that you know you're happy professionally but also kind of like secure in in yourself in your home life and just like taking care of yourself um yeah um and then the other thing I was curious about is mm -hmm. when you were reaching out and maybe this is like related to sponsorships particularly, um, but when you reached out with collaborations or things like that, were you ever told no? And how did you regroup from that? And how did you kind of pick yourself back up from the rejection? Did it kind of just like fly off? Was it just like a quick, like pesky thing or did it like bother you for longer? How did you kind of navigate that? Um, just in terms of kind of spreading the message of our conference, I think we're really, really lucky that the Scottish Space Sector is so supportive and that it was kind of like everyone was very interested, but we don't really have the same big companies that like the US has. And so, yeah, it was definitely tough in terms of sponsorship, trying to initially get the ball rolling because so many companies were like, this is a great idea. We would love to be involved or suggested some people to get involved but they didn't have the funds to really like help us towards our goal and a huge, huge supporter. Like I think we got most of our sponsorship money from universities actually from our, our grant applications. And so we had our brilliant team member, Clara um, was writing up applications and sending them all off. And so that was great because, you know, we could say our vision, like what our vision was, and then they have bucket loads of money. So they were able to sponsor us. But um, yeah, it was definitely tough, especially when we were told no initially. It was like, no one wants to sponsor us. No one has the money. And um, yeah, I take things quite personally. But I think with that, I kind of learned. I was like, okay, well, don't worry. We there will always be someone who can help out. And so I think we, yeah, we just ended up. Also the dedication of the team members. Um, so yeah, it all ended up working out. Sorry, I don't know if I've lagged there. Yeah, can you still hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you all right. Your video is okay. frozen. But yeah, I think your video is still frozen. I hope this resolves itself as long as we can hear each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, there you are. oh, there we go. Okay. So I guess the follow-up question to this is now moving into community. How did you assemble your team? And before that, how did you know that you were going to assemble a team? Um, did you like have to think about what you would do yourself versus, you know, what others would do? Um, yeah, how did you build a um, team from like past Scotland's borders, essentially? Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good question. I'm very proud of uh, like how we built the team. Um, I think initially I was I took a look at the Women in Tech conference that had happened before, and I asked Natalia, who planned the original conference, she founded it, she did tons of stuff for it. Like, what's your advice here? Like, what would you suggest? Because I had no idea how to plan a conference. And so I took her advice there, kind of made some positions based around that and just what she would have done differently. And I also kind of looked at UK SEDS and was like, how did they kind of set everything up? And for, because the UK SEDS does a huge national student space conference every year. It's good fun, lots of work, but 
to plan, but also it's brilliant when it comes together. And so, yeah, just looked for inspiration and other things. And in terms of actually looking for team members, I really wanted to fit the person to the role. So I wanted to make sure that like, okay, you have a really strong vision for the conference. I need you to be my vice chair. Like I need you to provide me with that strong vision and like your work ethic is amazing or you okay so one of my team members she is um so she was in u.s like intelligence kind of work um and she, i think she's here right now i don't know if she is but hi ali um and she like kind of had that organizational organizational background kind of knew how to set up stuff and like of course she didn't know everything but i was like okay we can work with that and yeah everything everything just kind of ended up coming together and so i spoke with everyone just made sure they were happy with their positions and um yeah everyone kind of helped out with other things here and there if we needed help so it was really great to kind of see team members like sponsorship manager also kind of helping out with like some media stuff from time to time so it was good to kind of get everyone involved yeah and can you um just um share some of the roles that you like kind of started looking for like what what came out of those brainstorming sessions from UK sides and things like that just so that someone else can like replicate this by being inspired by you yeah of course and if anyone ever does like want to speak more about this and how I got set up like so keen like hosting a conference is a huge task but it's so rewarding um but yes um I'll quickly share some of the positions so um so I was the chair founder and then I had a vice chair I had an administrative director who's essentially like a secretary I had the financial director who's a treasurer and we were kind of the four main executive people. So we kind of made the higher up decisions. We spoke a lot in our own chat and we had a media team and a sponsorship team. And so the media team, um, there was, um, there were three of them on there and they each kind of had a different focus, whether it's like writing up captions, creating nice visuals and um, also compiling all the posts. Cause that's actually a much bigger job than you think, like putting all the posts together and making sure it goes out on time. And then we had a sponsorship team, um, which had like head of sponsorship, two sponsorship directors. And um, yeah, um, so they kind of all worked together in their own unit. And then we had at large, two at large members who could step in wherever needed. I kind of each assigned them one to sponsorship and one to media. And then we took on volunteers on the day because you always need more people than you think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I guess like following up to all of this, why did you um, believe that uh, building a community was important for your wellness in an industry when we're often marginalized as um, women or international students or just minorities? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think it's important, like, I think ideally, you know, everyone wants to be able to, like, you want to go into a situation and not feel like, you're different from everyone else, right? You just want to be treated like everyone else. But in reality, that doesn't happen. You know, there's like even really subtle things that happen. Like I remember I went into an internship interview and somebody was there was like, oh, are you here for the like secretary interview? And I was like, oh, like, I know I'm here for the engineering interview. And they were like, oh, just like little comments like that can kind of like, it doesn't sound like much. And like, I've actually had a really good experience um, with, in terms of like support, especially like in Scotland, I think there's like so much focus on trying to get more voices in the space sector. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to have communities of people who share similar experiences, you can support each other, you can work together and kind of try to figure out like, okay, well, what needs to change? And you can kind of like band together and speak to these like people who are in higher up positions, because especially as a student, you're not really in a position of power to like go to someone really important in a space company who, or any company and be like, hey, this is like what's happening because 
you know, like, ideally you'd like to, but, like, that might not make you as likely to get an internship or something because they're like, oh, this person's going to complain, even though, like, it's totally valid, like, what you're saying. Um, Right. And I guess I was curious that given um, this necessity, Mm -hmm. how did you collaborate with all of these people from different time zones, as you shared? And how did you make sure you were both um, a leader, but also in the trenches with your team? Yeah, so um, we had, so initially we had like weeding, meetings every two weeks, um, but then the management team would meet a little bit more frequently. And so, and but then in the run up to the conference, we met kind of once a week, everyone together. And we, so my admin director, Ali, she was fantastic about sending out like polls. She, like initially she was like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And we worked together to kind of figure out the best system. And she kind of worked it out and yeah, we sent out, almost weekly polls to kind of check in with everyone made sure if people couldn't make meetings that they would send her a message and we would know and then if people needed extra meetings or extra support I like I'm so open like with my teams I'm like guys I want you to come and chat to me and tell me what's going on because yeah I think the thing about Edinburgh Women's Space is that like we like not that other organizations don't care but like our like values are just so much rooted in community that I'm like I just really want to ensure like an open kind of channel of communication and so yeah just keeping an open line of communication checking in if people like miss a meeting here or there sometimes that happens because of time zones and just making sure yeah people feel engaged and connected with everything so yeah in terms of the details what um time or days would you usually have this to connect people from Asia Europe and the United States Mm, um, yeah, so, yeah, for reference, we had people in Canada, Europe, US, India, it was crazy all over the world, and uh, the meetings for me were around, like, 9 a.m. Pacific time, um, which was kind of, like, end of the day, like, 5 p.m.-ish UK time, but it was quite late in India, but the thing is, that worked best for everyone, because the majority of our team was in the UK, they wanted to do it after university, Uh, I was totally fine to kind of have it at the start of my day, and for the Indian women who volunteered it was a little bit like it wasn't ideal for them but they all believed in the vision so much and I I always made sure to check in with them and make sure they were like I was like are you okay with this meeting at like 11 (laughs) p.m yeah no that sounds so good um let's see okay and so moving on to the questions of collaboration so a bigger question Mm -hmm. why is international collaboration so important for the space industry I love this question because coming from, like, I'd say I'm coming from the Scottish space sector. It's quite a, a new space sector and a lot of people don't know about it. And it's like, why? well, why is Scotland important here? Why do we want Scotland on the world stage? And it's because we need different voices, I think. It's so important um, to just get as many different countries working together as possible because the more resources you can pull pool together like the more advances you're going to make and so each country has like different specialties and each city even has different specialties and so I think it's important to connect and work together and plus I like to think that like if aliens came to earth it'd be so much nicer if all of us were working together rather than kind of working on our own so yeah I think especially with the conference we were really lucky to have a huge audience of over 50 countries I think in attendance and we had like a lot of focus on like Scottish space like not all the focus but we had kind of bits here and there and I think it was cool for them to kind of learn what we're doing in Scotland and also Scotland doesn't have the same restrictions as the US so if you're ever looking as an as an international if you're looking to get involved in a really cool upcoming new space sector Scotland is amazing and I know tons of internationals who are working in Scotland right now. That is really really good to know. Um, Do you have 
companies off the top of your head that you can rattle that are international student friendly um, space companies in Scotland? Yeah, um, so Craft Prospect, I know we had two speakers at the conference and they have, um, yeah, they're both, one's from America and the other I think is from India, I believe. And um, also uh, Spire Global, I'm pretty sure they have some opportunities in Scotland as well. Um, I think uh, those are two main ones I can think of. Like I can think of so many space companies, but I don't want to like give you the names of them in case they don't offer international opportunities. Um, we have some like cool rocket companies as well. And I think Skyrora and Orbex, I think they offer some international opportunities. But again, like if someone wants to ask about international opportunities, I can certainly look into that um, with people um, on like the Scottish Space Leadership Council and just blast out an email being like, hey, where are the opportunities? So Someone's yeah, I think to... that would be really useful for um, maybe the buy notes in this mm -hmm. live and then posting it later so that folks who um, listen to your talk and feel inspired um, about all the opportunities in Scotland can kind of go all the way through and follow up with those jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, so coming back to just collaboration with that mm -hmm. community, um, how did you delegate your tasks when um sometimes if you had your vision, maybe you felt like, oh, I could just do that. Um, or were you really good about saying, oh, well, no, that's your task. Like you can handle that. Um, mm -hmm. Even though we recruit teams who do different things, when it's student organizations, sometimes the chair or the founder feels like they're at the end of the day responsible for everything as a CEO would. Um, and so how did you fight the urge to, um, yeah, do it for them or um, do it better if you felt like you could do it better. Um, and if that wasn't the case, how did you kind of make sure they were all, um, make sure they were, they all had the same work ethic as you and, and had the same quality of work? I think sometimes you might have like enthusiastic participants or enthusiastic volunteers, but um, sometimes it's like hard to judge um, if everyone like does things as, as you would as you were envisioning them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Great question. I think, of course, it really varies depending on what sort of organization you're setting up or whatnot. But definitely as a founder, like this conference was my baby. Like it's been in my heart basically since 2018. And so I wanted to see it like kind of done to the best of its abilities. And like, I actually just spoke to my admin director like last night kind of about like feedback and how the teams all work. And so I can kind of speak a little bit more to this just based on her feedback as well. Um, I definitely think so I tried to leave stuff up to each team member like I provided kind of like an, a, a layout because I was I know I knew that so most of the committee members were all students like third year university students or whatnot. And so like a lot of them hadn't really had that like experience um, contributing to such like a large event basically. And so provide them with that. Um, and initially I actually didn't like assign things to people as much but then I very quickly learned it's really important to make people accountable for things so even if like I wasn't sure if someone could do it, I'd be like hey like Louisa could you maybe do this and she like most of the time be like yeah sure but if she couldn't then I'd find someone else to do that so very important make sure you hold people accountable to things but also I would so I tell people to do stuff and then say get back to me I will provide feedback and so it kind of gave them the freedom to do their own thing and then I could kind of provide feedback and maybe sometimes I kind of altered stuff a little bit too much you know you live and you learn but um as my admin director kind of said last night it was the first conference and of course like we want to make sure that it kind of lives up to your vision and like we want to make sure that it, like 
we're on the right footing to kind of grow from here. And now maybe in the future, you could trust people to kind of do more things on their own. And so that's what I'm hoping for it to kind of turn into. If that makes right. Sense. And um, the other thing I was curious about was when you were reaching out to people um, who are part of the Scottish space sector, were these resources and connections that you had already? Or did you have to build them for the conference? And how did you um, build that trust? How did you um, kind of connect with the biggest folks in the Scottish space sector and, um, you know, have them treat you like an equal who is like mm -hmm. doing this like big thing? Uh, yeah. How did you build that rapport? Yeah. Um, another great question. Um, I, so also, can I just like preface that by just saying like, especially people, a lot of the time we're like really shocked to when they hear me speak and they're like, whoa, you're, you don't have a Scottish accent. And like, so sometimes like, so regardless of where you are in the, are in the world, like if you want to make a difference in your local community, like you can reach out to the big names. Like a lot of people, a lot of the times people want to speak to you about what they do. They want you to be excited and engaged. So even if you're like from somewhere like, I don't know, Sweden and you're in the US and you want to reach out to people in the like US space sector, I mean, maybe it's a little bit more difficult because it's like a lot, there's a lot more going on there, but you can definitely reach out to people. But in terms of my experience, um, I was very lucky to have gained connections through UK sets. And um, so a few of the people I kind of knew, and also I kind of have no fear when it comes to reaching out to people. I used to, I used to be like, this is terrifying, but I've learned like, what the heck, the worst is they can say is no, or maybe they'll point you in someone else's direction and be like, you should speak to that person. And so a lot of the people actually I'd heard on podcasts and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I reached out to this awesome person I heard on this podcast? And so that's how I initially kind of started reaching out to people. I used some UK sets connections, but um, yeah, we had actually really a really cool company called Astro Agency that I, I'd encourage you all to look into. They're really great, like mainly female teams. So it's like really cool like that. Um, they managed to put us in touch with so many great individuals in the Scottish space sector. I was like, I didn't even know about this person. Like, what the heck? Where have they been? And so that was, yeah, I think just like reaching out to whoever you can, just like anytime someone reaches out to you, if you are trying to do something like this on and engage, and just see like who you can meet, basically. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Um, and okay, so I think we've covered all of my conference questions. So I have two other questions for you. Um, the first one being, can you tell me about your morning or night routine and or night routine um, and what helps you bounce back when you fall off track? Yeah, great. Great question. Um, so I will talk about my morning routine because I'm not going to lie, my evening routine isn't really down pat. I'm trying to sort it out though. But normally, I mean, I think your morning routine really changes like depending on what's important to you. So I want to preface this by just saying like, I don't do this every day, but this is like what I generally will try to do. Um, so I'll wake up in the morning and the first thing I want to do is like get my exercise in before I spend all day sitting at a desk. So I will literally go on a 15 minute walk around like the woods and <laughs> with my dog. And that kind of gets me started on the right track. And um, yeah, I think it's really important to also make sure you have enough water because I think, oh, like, sounds really dumb, but <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I used to not really drink enough water and I could really feel it affect my day. And so I drink water. Um, I like, I have a little five minute journal in the morning. So I like write a few, like respond to a few prompts, kind of think about what I'm grateful for and set myself up for the day, eat some porridge because it's great. And then, yeah, and then I kind of get started on my tasks. 
Okay, brilliant. Um, and what do you do when you fall off track? So mm -hmm. making sure you do go on that walk, making sure that you don't just like roll out of bed in the morning and open your laptop and get started on the work. Yeah, um, uh, I think, hmm, good question. I think like sometimes if I really have fallen off track, I'm like, wow, I haven't been on my morning walk for a while or wow, I haven't journaled in like five days. I will set myself goals for that week and be like, okay, so I know I have a busy week coming up or I know last week I didn't really do so well. Um, I'm going to set myself like two days or three days a week where I'm going to make sure I make that a priority. And I think it's really important to schedule things in. It goes back to the whole idea of time blocking. Really valuable for me. Yeah. Can you explain time blocking a little bit more for anyone that may not know what that is? Yeah, certainly. So there are lots of techniques to get you organized, but I like time blocking. I will explain to you what I do. I will have my Google calendar open and I will be like, okay, I wake up at this time usually. And then during this time, this is like my morning routine. And then I want to get started on work at like, say 830. And so then I will say, okay, these are my tasks I want to do during the day, I don't want to put too much pressure to get too much done. So I'll kind of set like big, like kind of bigger chunks of time normally and be like, I want to work on conference stuff for like two hours this morning. I know I have emails to respond to. And then what I do is I multiply whatever time I think it'll take me by one and a half because I know I'm going to get distracted by my dog or something that goes on in the house. And then I will always make sure I schedule in like breaks as well. So I'll make sure I have like 15 minute breaks here or there. And then um, during those actual study sessions, I use like the, I think it's like Pomodoro technique, or it's like you set a timer for 25 minutes and you do as much work as you can. And then you take a little break for like five, 10 minutes. And then like, you kind of do that for a certain amount of time. So I've found those tools very useful. Google Calendar, very, very useful. And yeah. everything, even breaks, even like socializing with your friends, really important. Um, okay, so my last question for you is what does wellness mean to you as a mechanical engineer and conference founder and UK SEDS exec executive board member and um, I, I feel like I missed one. But yeah, what does <laughs> wellness mean to you as, oh, and blogger, what does wellness mean to you as all of these things? Yeah, I think wellness just means really connecting with yourself and thinking like what is right for me in this moment and of course like you want to take care of yourself like in your personal life you want to take care of your like professional goals you want to make sure like you're healthy and you're mentally like good and all this stuff i think wellness is comprised of a lot of things but i i think that like wellness isn't just like necessarily one th one thing i think you have to constantly be like questioning you're like okay well is that the right decision for me at the moment so i think like reflection is a huge part of wellness and just you know, some days I'm like, okay, I need to exercise like for this week, like several times because I know it's a stressful week. I need to pound out my energy on the pavement or whatever. And um, yeah, so I'll kind of make that a priority. And that is kind of wellness for me. And then other weeks I'm like, okay, well, I know I will feel so much better if maybe today I just spend the whole day kind of working on my dissertation or something. And like, I think, it, yeah, wellness is kind of, I love it because it, you can kind of make it your own. And I think it's really important to recognize what works for you. And but yeah, make sure you take care of yourself overall, but also just listen to what's right in that day as well. Because I know I've planned out stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get this, this and this done. But then the day comes and I'm like, hmm, that doesn't feel good for me. And so just recognizing that is really important. Yeah. And what would you say to the girl that um, had to drop out of university for a while now as the founder of Scotland's first Women in Space Conference? I would say 
believe in yourself definitely that'd be one of the things because you were awesome you were badass like you can do what you want to do and I would also say my mom always says this to me I think it's a really good tip it's um when one door closes another door opens so just because I couldn't like finish my like university with my proper year or whatnot or my friends were all in the year above me like I was still exposed to so many cool opportunities like I would I don't think I would be in this position in space if I had continued my university as normal. Like, I think I, I would have been too busy. I would have been like, oh, I need to get these assignments done and whatnot. So I think, yeah, just like view every opportunity as like every kind of failure setback as kind of a new door opening. Yeah, that's kind and of- No, I that's think, brilliant. Thank you so much. I feel like it's opened a whole lot of other can of worms of questions for me about um, like friendship and how that changes when you have to like take time off university for mental health. Um, but all of your questions or all of your answers prior to this have just been so, so good. Thank you so much for um, joining me on this talk. And to anyone listening, um, if you like my profile, you will like Christina's and vice versa. If you like Christina's, you'll probably like mine. So would be grateful um, for anyone listening to give Christina a follow as well as um, myself and um, she is such a proponent of taking care of yourself as well while you do big things. And she's also a proponent of um, not letting space remain within certain borders and building a spectrally diverse team. Um, all the things that I really believe in as well. So Christina, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, you're doing amazing. <laughs> Thank You're you. You're amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Thank um, you. And I will be posting this live um, right after I cancel it. Do you have, sorry, I close it. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, can I just say like, thank you so much, Ricky. Um, I also didn't mention this, but like Ricky also, I know you had your own conference in Singapore and I thought that was really awesome. And that also inspired me. I don't know why I didn't like add that in, but yeah, anyone who is from my follow list and you don't follow Ricky, um, go follow her. She is such an inspiration. So lovely. And yeah, I'm just, and then I guess second little thing is if you want to do something crazy, like host a conference, then like go for it like it's not going to be an easy road but so rewarding and if you're passionate about something like you can meet some really cool people like I didn't know anyone really on this committee of 15 people before I started and now I have all these friends all over the world and it's incredible um but yeah just keep keep working towards your goals um you know stay inspired and take care of yourself along the way because yeah you want to yeah huge like kind of supporter of yeah, self-care and just making sure you're doing what's right for you. Yay. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that everyone has, you know, been encouraged to wake up tomorrow and like host a global conference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will be ending the live now. Thank you so much for tuning in. This will be posted on my IGTV and you can watch it or you can listen to it as if it's a podcast um, at your per perusal. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Thank you, Ricky. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Leadership Equity and Wellness Pod with Ricky Roy. You can find me at Ricky Roy on Instagram and Ricky underscore Roy at TikTok. And learn more about me at RickyRoy.com.